0: Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. Well, welcome to a new episode for Cancer Conversations. I'm so excited to have my guest here, Dr. Rosie Main. And uh, Dr. Rosie Main and I actually have just, we just, realize we officially met here on our computer, but I've known about your work. You're here in Boise, Idaho, and I've known about your work uh, for a while now because I I think we have tons of mutual friends. And then obviously when I got diagnosed, I got referred to you by a friend and patient of yours. And so I am just so thankful that we're going to have a great conversation today. So Rosie, welcome to the show.
1: Well, I am excited and honored to have asked um, for you to have have asked me to come on. And I, of course, uh, is I'm just so um, I see you as a big admiration because of the fact that you yourself have been fighting with cancer and you have done it non-conventionally. And it just seems like you trust, again, God's healing power. And I'm just so amazed by what you've been doing.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it has been a wild ride and someday I'll share with you like the details and all that, but it's, I just ask him, Lord, what do I do? Should I go here? Should I, I mean, I had asked him about chemo and he's, he told me wait, and then he provides me all, all the things that I keep doing. And so there's a reason when God says, wait, it's because he has I believe, a gift to give us or something better. He's not making us wait just for torture. It's because he has something he wants to gift
1: us with. So... Yeah, yeah. Praise Jesus. And that's what I want to try to maybe just hone in on today, because I think a lot of your listeners probably um, either are listening because they know somebody or have been afflicted themselves with some kind of disease or uh, diagnosis. And my uh, passion comes uh, from, of course, like many of us, we I lost my mom then my sister with diabetes type 1, and then that my dad suffers from uh, the consequences of a stroke where he's mm-hmm. And so when it comes to our health issues, sometimes it it gets stirred up by our circumstances. But believe, yeah. you know, but we have to seek the opportunity of what, what to learn from it. And I think that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change and that but basically we gotta start looking at our circumstances as a good thing. And it wouldn't be that I'm so passionate about this if I haven't walked through. Some of the situations that people may have walked with, with whatever diagnosis or whatever issues that are going on and today. My hope is just to give people just um, that inspiration to trust God mm-hmm. and just know that in everything He's with you, and I'm just so in awe with you because a lot of people just as soon as they they hear. The diagnosis or the hear the bad news, we succumb to just doing um, the most common thing, but you took Your health and in a very, very different, you know, you're doing it very differently. And that's, I want to talk a little bit about my son here with type 1 diabetes. He was diagnosed about two years ago now. And, um, you know, you think it's, you know, we did everything, we've done everything to try to help prevent stuff. But unfortunately, he's a twin too. And so you would think, okay, so this is a genetic thing, Mm. Uh, you know, but why did one twin get it and not the other? Who knows? But the reality is, is that two, probably about two weeks prior to his diagnosis, I had a patient of mine gave me a letter who you sometimes don't want to receive, but she said, you know, God told me to give you this. Uh, He said that there was going to be a trial and it's going to involve one of your sons and... Don't lose heart, stand firm, because he said that there was going to be victory and to trust in his promise that he loves us more than you will ever. And yes. and I I almost wanted to, like, burn that letter because you don't know where it comes from. and uh, But I kept it, and I kept praying. And um we were uh, out of town in Costa Rica on vacation, and my son had all these weird uh, symptoms that, as soon as I got back, I just had that lunch to maybe test him because I knew that the symptoms that he was having seemed like, you know, thirsty, he was peeing all the time, just uh, all the symptoms of diabetes. And so... Having grown up with my sister, having it, I knew the the signs, and I tested him, and definitely he was almost at five hundred. So then the concern of DKA, just uh, tested his ketones, and he was off the charts. And so we took him to the hospital, of course, and they controlled his DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis, which is not a, a good thing to be at with a, with a lot of ketone bodies, for, because of the the high sugar levels. So they stabilized him. Long story short, we got back uh, before she was put on insulin, but we started to pray, just like you um, mentioned, you know, we got to trust God's uh, a word first and direction of what to do when that month God said you know to do Daniel's diet I don't know I just kept hearing Daniel's diet so we started researching like autoimmune issues uh, typically cause diabetes or those kind of things and so we we started to research just what where to go when we started doing the AIP diet which is the autoimmune diet and more of a plant-based diet and about maybe two months into it, His sugars were going too low with insulin, where I'm more comfortable with them being higher than lower. He was in the 40s at night, so that would scare me. So my husband and I decided to start winning him off the the insulin, which he was only using like maybe about one unit. I mean... um, of uh, the long and the short term as well, very, very little. But we just decided to just say, you know what, let's just take them off of it. So it was March of 2021 where we all decided to just go all out and just do the plant based diet, do the autoimmune diet and do it for six months and see what happened. And he did amazing that his A1C was at 10.6, I believe, when he was in the hospital. It came down to a 5.4 uh in May, like two months later, that we started to do all this. And you know, so after six months, we said, well, why don't we do maybe a little bit of meat back? Because we had meat, you know, meat at all. Like, uh, let's just add a little bit. And he actually went high again. So we're like, okay, that's not gonna work. So we went back to coffee side. Uh, um, and i I mean, his sugars averaged until about two months ago, about maybe about 150, 135, somewhere there, which is not bad without insulin for being a type one. But it still wasn't, to me, something that I still don't like it at that high level. I mean, typically sugar should be about 90 to 110, maybe, after you eat. And so then we just—I started to investigate the carnivore diet, and mainly just kind of see what uh, you know it was there's a man by the name of—I'm sure you may be part of it, jordan Peterson. What is it called? Uh, the carnivore diet. Oh, carnivore. Okay. So it's, it's <coughs> taking it to the tenth degree, you know, where uh, you're just eating probably no. No sugar, no, not, not even plants because of the oxalates and the autoimmune issues that he has uh, with um, that. Um, we're just like, well, it seemed ludicrous to me that I really feel that I need nutrients from plants as well. So like, um, it, it was very hard for me to accept that. Um, and I just prayed about it. And when my husband and I just decided, you know, we're going to try it. We'll see how it goes, and it's been two months now. and His shoulders have been in the 70s, 80s, 90s, where they're supposed to be. So, but it's, that, it's one of those things that I say all that is just to say that sometimes we just have to do something and faith for that work day. And, uh, and yeah. so, some are so used to just following. What um, most people do, and unfortunately, with most diseases, people just succumb to the the newest and latest drug. And uh, it, it saddens me that you know, with cancer specifically now, you know, it's either the choices are cut, poison, and bark, and um, people don't really get a lot of other uh, options. And to me, with our office, uh, we try to strive to looking at. And going back to looking at not only what was causing issues, but understanding that God put the most amazing healing power So for everything to function, your body was designed amazingly. But we live in a world, of course, fortunately it's sin, you know, and some original sin, I really feel that, you know, we all have cancer. And you know. It's just when it's gonna express, uh, and we live in a world with interferences and more interferences than ever. Not yeah. only um, with our mindset, our emotional trauma, physical trauma, chemical trauma. So these um, this triad of all these stressors are creating um, just a, a hard time for our bodies to function the way God designed it. Yeah. So in our office, we try to involve people and guide them to remind them first that you can heal. So when you talk about, like on here, a lot about mindset, um, you have to know that you know that you know that God made you amazing. And I'm going to show you a little book that I always give to uh, my patients to read. It's this uh, one here. It's uh, God State and uh, Power. The caps of his name, but I love it because it's just a little bitty book that has scripture. Oh my just healing. Yeah. And I don't, have you ever Oh my gosh. That?
0: Right when I got diagnosed, that was a book that was sent to me in the mail. I don't even remember who sent it to me, but I literally like it's so powerful. I just would pray that over and over. There are specific parts in there. But yeah, that's I
1: about yeah, that just like, it'll take any scripture and then just paraphrase it for you to just see his truth. And so it's not my truth, it's his high truth, you know. And what I love about it is like things like Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. There's no place to sickness or pain, for God sent his word and he'll be. Psalm 107 20. So take like scriptures and then just break it into an affirmation of God's truth so you can speak truth into your soul, into your brain into your heart, into just every cell tissue and organ that uh, resonates with the with this truth. And that's where healing actually begins. It is you have to know that you know that God's with you. And that's where like that letter with my friend who gave me, you know, that there will be victory. I put it up my refrigerator. I'm looking at it and uh, continuously knowing that that God's already promised victory, you know, for my soul. So no matter what I do, whether it works or not, that's why I don't want to tell you that this is going to be all oh, advice on. Uh, I'm not a cancer doctor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I that got it. Yes, <laughs> the authority to speak over these things. So when we go back and and and, and teach people and our our patients in our office is going back to just trusting his his amazing uh, power he gave us speaking over any sickness or you know just spiritual warfare uh and then going back to actually acting on our health because there are physical laws and unfortunately we we wish we were in a in a world where there wasn't but you know if you don't take care of your body and that's the temple of the Holy Spirit it's gonna fail. And so there's um everything from nutrition of course we we look at a functional medicine doctor but again We just try to guide people to go back to God's food and go back to removing those interferences and in nutrition, toxicity, mindset, exercise, and then applying it. And so that's what this cancer toxin that we're going to do on Saturday the 14th is all about, is just giving people action steps. Because you do have to take action. Faith that works is dead. And we do have to start acting on what to do. So. And
0: what's the name of it? I was I was actually got on my social media today to tell it's, everybody about it.
1: It's called Battle Ready. And it's That's it. Battle Ready. And again, putting your armor up, you know, Ephesians 6, being battle ready in your soul and your spirit, because people wait, unfortunately, till the attack comes. Yep. They get the diagnosis. And people always tell me, well, I don't have cancer. And like, well, we all have it. Unfortunately, maybe it's not. It's kind of like a cavity. You you don't know it's there until the pain arises. And typically with cancer, there's no pain until it's too late. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. so we don't want to uh, think, you know, negatively, but we do have to prepare daily, just like you put on your belt of truth and you're, you know, you have this sort of the spirit. You're you're, you're always harming yourself. And so becoming battle ready is about convincing it. And even if you do have it, doing the best you can, whether you do conventional medicine or not, that your body will just be functioning better if you're trying to remove these interferences that are not that destroying um, the way the body functions and heals.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons I was <clears throat> really wanting you to share about your son with a dye. BD situation and how, you know, he is being healed through God's food, which is God's medicine is because the standardized way of treating people, they don't address diet whatsoever. In fact, when you're getting chemotherapy, which I think that's a scam that they even say therapy after chemo, because it's like, there's nothing therapeutic about that, but they're serving donuts. While you're getting treatment, and I actually I spoke up against that. I actually asked when I did have an oncologist in the beginning, why? Why are they serving you know patients ke- uh, donuts and you know foods like that? And it's even approved by the cancer whatever the cancer association. He said, "Well, I don't even want to say what he said, but it was shocking." <laughs> actually, I don't want to speak that on the show, but I was like, "Wow, I can't believe you're telling me that." But they, they don't, they don't believe that the diet piece is important, but I exactly. know,
1: obviously, yeah. it is. Yeah, no, we were in the hospital with my son and they were, you know, showing us like, you know, how you have to know the calculations of how much insulin to give them. And so they brought a piece of like um big burger with lots of white bread and a brownie and fries. And they're like, okay, now calculate the carbs, you know. Uh, we're going to show you how much insulin he's going to need to be able to eat this. Oh. And I'm like, well, but so he doesn't even ever eat this. He's never eaten, like, white bread. You know what I mean? And so they, they're they like, well, you still need to learn. And I'm like, well, I'm not even going to let you feed him that while he's in here. I'm going to, you know, bring him... Anyways, it's, it just amazes me what the medical model You know, it's, it's there for what is sore. It's a thank God system, but the reality is that they just don't know what they don't know. And I think that the biggest thing is like, even with my son right now, it's almost been two years that he has not needed the um, insulin um, because his sugars have been under control. And you know, they, they of course, a lot of times I get the naysayers and saying, oh, he's in the honeymoon phase, you know, which is a phase that uh, some type one diabetics go through where they're still producing some insulin. But typically that phase is like three to six months. So they just, they can't believe it, but they don't want to agree with it. But right. you know what, at some point you just have to say, you know, I, I, I trust God. I trust that this body can heal and we're going to do our best even if, yeah, uh, it fails, even if, and I think that thing is that there's a time and place for medicine and thank God there's, you know, we still have insulin in our refrigerator if for some reason something goes awry, but we're going to just do our best that we can. And we'll keep fighting to find some answers for him um, until the end. And, And that's the biggest thing. And that's where you have to become um a mama bear for your kids or maybe even for yourself you have to be be your own um, researcher and doctor and just keep finding answers and, and i think that's that's what it all is all about but you also have to know what it is like with cancer you truly have to know what it is and how it functions and yeah. that's where sometimes being you know responsible to do the research you know most of the time people don't even know what it is they right. they their disease but they haven't even researched it so this is yeah. where you know you have to you have to start researching
0: absolutely well i love what you were saying i think yesterday on the phone about it being a metabolic condition and you know let's so let's talk about that like <clears throat> i believe 100 it is uh, that you know yeah. um there's a book by have you ever heard of nasha winters no so she wrote a book she had stage four ovarian cancer and she got it when she was like 18 or 19 years old, and I believe she still has a tumor, but she's, you know, 30 years later, she's still alive and everything is in check and she lives with it, but her book is is all about that. It's called The Metabolic Approach to Cancer. Hey, I wanna pause from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that has certainly changed my life, but is making a lot of waves out in the world. And strong immunity is my passion. And I truly believe that every single person needs to be using this molecule, it activates your natural killer cells, it makes your immune system 437% smarter, it kills cancer cells, and its main job is to help your body recognize a threat and then respond to it. Now, one of the great things about this molecule is if your body doesn't recognize where the problem is, it can't certainly fight it. So it's like this molecule points out where the problem is so it can effectively fight it. So if you are interested in what this molecule could do for you, go ahead and message me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into
1: today's episode. Yeah, definitely, because the the truth is, is like, if you go back, and it, it's always been seen, like doctors have always been seeing it, like it's a genetic, uh, somatic genetic uh, issue, where yeah. you have, it's kind of like you have a seed in the soil, you have a seed, and it has a genes, but the, the fact is, is those genes will only turn on typically through through the environment or through, you know, whatever the soil, either a depletion of nutrients or toxicity or stresses, like you said. And so... When you go back to uh, tactics, you got to know what cancer cells need to survive, and all these um, cancer cells have lost the efficiency of the mitochondria, which becomes uh, the biggest issue. The mitochondria of our cells is what produces energy, which is ATP, which is the energy of the cell. And you know, with a healthy cell, you, you know you usually use oxygen. Uh, and then this oxidative phosphorylation that occurs in the mitochondria—you know, you get with one, um, you know, gram of sugar, you get like a lot of ATP. You know, like, you know, 32 to 36 ATP, which is the, the fuel. Like a, it's a very efficient machine. With a typical cell using oxygen through the mitochondria, it needs you know proper nourishment. It needs a proper pH. But with a cancer cell, unfortunately. It loses that ability to produce that amount of energy and it uses more of a fermentation process um, that is, um, you know, you don't need oxygen and actually doesn't, oxygen doesn't need it and uh, it only needs um, sugar. So these cells uh, become very um, efficient in just utilizing um, either sugar or even glutamine, which is an amino acid, but but basically uh, it it can only make two uh, ATPs with one gram of sugar. So it it basically becomes like a, you know, very non-efficient fuel source. And so it always wants sugar. And the more that you eat sugar, the more it feeds on it. And so what has um, happened is that people uh, typically have always thought that it was a gene issue and what the new the new science is basically indicating this is a metabolic issue. And so we become sugar burners instead of fat burners. And you know because of these chronic inflammation issues that are occurring, like I, I attribute it to like so we could work out and you form you know blister so that blister is going to turn into a callus if you keep you know doing the same workout using the same thing that blister turns a callus and then it keeps growing the same thing like with if you have colon cancer if you have a lot of inflammation in your colon your body's going to form then a you know a polyp and then it's going to form an ulcer, then it's going to form, a, you know, it's going to dysplasia, it's going to form more of a, a cancer. So these cells start to proliferate, kind of like a callus in in your hand or a callus in your gut, you know, and so these cells rapidly grow, but then they only need sugar. And so the more sugar that you um, give Um, your body, the more it's going to grow. And so I think this is one of these beautiful things that that if that's the case, then that means that we can do something about it and start Mm -hmm. changing the environment and start, you know, minimizing the amount of, um, the the, the amount of, uh, I guess, the rapid growth if you just get rid of those things that are feeding the cancer in the first place. Exactly.
0: I know. I remember... So when I went to the holistic clinic, right when I first got diagnosed from, for a lot of the treatment, we mostly worked on the immune system and went after, well, the first thing she asked me was, why do you think I, why do you think you got the cancer in the first place? And I remember that was the second time that I had been asked that. And I was like, how am I supposed to know? Like, I'm just like a helpless victim to answer like, you know, why do people keep asking me that, right? And then as I, you know, this journey went on, I began to really start doing the deep work with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, okay, I'm not a helpless victim. You know, like I... It's all about, like you said, the environment. And it was like it was like a perfect storm because there's many roots to this cancer. So, which is why I'm still on this journey because, you know, deep roots, you know, they they take work to dig up. So, anyways, but one thing also she had said that was interesting to me was she said you can't heal in the same environment you got sick in, which is kind of what you just said. So it's very important. Like when I take on a client for coaching, I'm, we're talking about environment and just the, the different contributors to what might be bringing on the cancer or or why it's not leaving, you know? And so
1: it's important. So yeah, and I love what she just told you. There, there's another quote, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that existed when the problem was created. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Your paradigm has to shift from one extreme to another of like, you know, first I can take over this, I can help my body, but I do have to put draw a line in the sand and start changing. Yeah. What created this in the first place. Yep. And I really believe that number one, even though we're going to talk about, you know, nutrition and toxicity, it, I think that the number one attributor to cancer or any disease is stress. Yeah. That you can do all the right things, nutritionally exercise. You have people like Lance Armstrong who probably, you know, ate the best um, nutrients for his cycling and, you know, all the exercise, but yeah, he got cancer you have all these people but they have those people who george burns i don't know if you remember him he would like cigars like galore mm. and doctor 100 and i don't know five whatever like he he so you wonder like what is it but was there joy in their spirit was there you know and that that Peace in your heart, and I think that that's where we need to always go back to the Word of God. Yes, and and then we start applying, then the other thing is it just actually helps you. There have been actually studies too where you have these cultures that, you know, are around or even have been given carcinogens as like research where like, uh, I think it was these uh, eight sugar that were given all these kind of like radiation and stuff like carcinogenic things. Mm -hmm. But they they had always lived in a, you know, great environment and they don't eat bad food. And they did it didn't affect them. Mm. But you take All these toxins and all these carcinogens like here in our Western cultures. And then we're also adding on top of that everything like our lifestyle, stress, um, the nutrition, and it affects us a lot harder and so that's where we got to go back to that yeah definitely there's always going to be toxins around us but if we do the best we can to live a lifestyle that helps our body we just become um, better and improve our immune system and this is what i'm saying even if you go the conventional route and you choose to do the chemotherapy or the radiation you're going to be able to survive it better whenever you are able to honor your body first and clean it up and some of those things that are out there right now to try to help people, you know, it's just uh, one of those things I want to talk about is that even the where it goes back to scripture about fasting. And mm-hmm. so I have always been a big believer of fasting and it's been shown that even in the cancer world. But even uh, in um, brain health, like uh, people with epilepsy, with diabetes, fasting is the way to go. And so many times when you talk about fasting to people, immediately they shut their, yeah. <laughs> their ears and they don't want to hear it because we're so addicted to the fact that we need to eat at every hour of the day, we need to snack before breakfast, snack before lunch, snack before sports, snack, and, and we're eating all the time that we're never allowing our body to actually rest from digesting food. And yeah. so. Yeah. So I think that's one of the key things that I want to talk about at our talk and how to go and do this and become fat adapted so that you can start doing that fast appropriately. Yeah.
0: No, I believe that so much. I started studying fasting and about putting your body into autophagy and that which is cell death and I'm like that's you know people talk about well how do you turn off the cancer cells well how about not feeding cancer cells with food I mean there's lots of different energy sources but I was doing three-day fasts at a time and then I never got past that but there's just, I'm a huge believer in what, in fasting. I mean,
1: yeah. So, so going back to, it's a metabolic disease and the fact is, is that cancer only needs basically sugar to survive. When you fast, you want to get to the point where your body has to search for those uh, fuel sources that come from either ketone bodies um, uh, or fatty acids and so when we are in a uh, fasting state our body has to search now for you know either to mobilize fat it turns that glycogen in your liver first if you're not eating into sugar to be used as fuel and then if not then it, it, if, if that runs out then the next step is going to go and um, burn your your fat. Before it even goes and burns anything else. So, if you are overweight, uh, definitely you'll, you actually are going to be a big cancer killer machine because going to have the fat there to keep you able to fast longer. There's different types of fasts, but there's some people that do it like in cancer institutions that are like in Mexico, they fast like up to even 40 days, you know, 30 days. I'm not telling you to do that initially, but definitely some people are able to do that because of their fat source. The other fuel, of course, is cancer itself. So then the body will recycle cancer that is basically dying, or what we call autophagy, which is basically then recycling those cell parts and using it as as fuel as well. So you're actually shrinking the tumors. And if you even do conventional methods, that'll be a better state to then target that cancer even better, because now you shrunk that tumor to a lesser degree and uh, be able to attack it with some immunotherapies out there that are that are you know good i believe but uh you know if we can at least help our body and assist it to actually reduce its size that would be so much better than just trying to just cut poison and burn it, never changing your lifestyle so um you know when we talk about fasting i think that the biggest thing is just getting your body to first become fat adapted and that's where uh, the ketogenic diet has become very popular in the fat cancer world as far as like Getting to your body to either learn how to burn, you know, fat again for, for fuel instead of sugar. But we uh, in our society have become just uh, sugar burners and have, you know, that tendency to not think that we're going to survive without sugar even about. And it takes about two weeks to become, you know, about adapted. But but it can happen. You just need yeah. to get by the line in the sand and and get it done.
0: And I, you know what, one thing I think is very helpful is having some accountability because it's, especially when you're, you've been eating a certain way your entire life and you're going to go all in on your health. It really helps to have accountability. And I'm saying that because that's what I needed was I needed someone to
1: hold me accountable. I really did. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, this has been what's made it happen with my family, with my son being on these diets. So, we're very restrictive and very extreme. And now with this carnivore diet, we're basically just eating grass-fed meat, you know, wild fish, uh, just like free-range chicken. Like it's, it's basically just fat and some protein, you know, but a lot of fat, and. When we started the plant-based diet initially, and I remember back in March of 2021, we were like, we're going to go all in. And my son said that, the the one that has type 1 diabetes. And so this twin brother looks at him he's like, dude, you can't do this alone. I'm going to do it with you. And he doesn't have the diabetes. And so we're looking at each other. My husband and I were like, I guess we're all doing this. (laughs) And so, but that accountability of all of us going all in help the household you know it just doing it together it strengthened us it just we just we, we suffered and we cried at the same time together but we we have done it that way and I think that that's that's so true I don't see how one person can do it alone you have to first do it with God's uh, in your heart and in your spirit and have a big why, um, yeah. and then and of course doing doing it with others
0: yeah it's so good i love that so i know that you don't treat primarily you know a cancer patient but i know you've you've told me in the past or i've even heard throughout you know the town of boise that that people are have become cancer free that you've
1: worked with. I know you don't claim that. Yeah, or that. Yeah. so we have seen so many miracles in our office. And I call them miracles because I don't really feel, of course, I I never say I treat anything or heal anything. The power that made the body heals the body. That's our motto in our office. Power that made the body heals the body and so my job is just to help people remove those interferences so when it comes to the philosophy even of the chiropractic itself is that god put that amazing power in our body to heal we just have to remove the interference and the nervous system is what carries all life potential to every cell tissue and organ so Mm -hmm. when we remove interference to the nervous system the body functions at its best but then, what we apply all these things, the body functions better. So we've seen many miracles in our office, from you know cancers falling off to you know people getting off their medications for different things. And again, I don't get people off medications, but when their bodies are functioning better, their 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 doctors, you know, I guess have to change what they're doing. And it's so sort of beautiful to watch just what happens. But the truth is, is you know, we, we try to steer people in the right direction, and there's so many resources, and this is beautiful with just here in, in Boise and Meridian, Idaho, we have so many doctors that are out there to help people naturally, and it's been beautiful to watch just it grow. I've been in practice for 23 years, and I remember when I first started, there was maybe two or three of us. Uh, as far as, like, Tapping into other uh, methods, and now I mean, I just see um, so many um, places. We have the Cartveld Center here uh, that people seek all over the world, uh, and. Just, um, you know, things that are available. There's um, hyperbaric um, um, stuff that can be done. There's ozone treatments. There's IV treatments that can be done to help the immune system. There's so many therapies frequencies, PEMF. I mean, you can go on and on. Infrared saunas. So many things that can be done. Uh, To help people, and it's just beautiful because we have it all here. Where before people would have to pay to go to Costa Rica to go to these cancer healing places. So what's beautiful is that, yeah, we do mainly in our office the foundational things because sometimes people want I want to do all these fancy, you know, things that are out there. But they're still eating Dr. Pepper, Doritos, donuts, and all the days that you can imagine. So so this is where we have to change the foundation because if you don't get to the root causes of what created it in the first place, it doesn't matter what you do out there, how much money you spend, it's still going to come back. And that's a problem with um, cut, poison, and burn. You can cut a tumor off to try to help decrease the load. You do get maybe angiogenesis where you can spread this through the vessels, but you can cut cut it. But if you don't actually get to what caused it to grow, it's going to come back, and that's what typically happens when people get something put off and they find out later it goes at another place because you never got to the root cause. And so right. the 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 office I feel that in my office is just about teaching people the principles of true. Health and, and helping inspire them and to continue it because we have seasons where we fall off track with the holidays or with, you know, parties and, and stuff like that. But my goal is to just get people and wound them up again. And, you know, that's why we do so many events. We're always, we're in event office every month. I'm doing some kind of an event to get people motivated to continue the process.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to come to your event on Saturday. I need but to. I want
1: you to talk about your story because people need more um, hope. And like you're going through this journey still. And that's what I love is the struggle. Um, mm-hmm. I love when people talk about the struggle because if you just talk about the lens, you know, that's always fun. But I, I love when people can be vulnerable to talk about the struggle. And I just thank you. Thank you yeah. for coming. Oh, yeah. Yes.
0: Well, I am so grateful for this chat that we had today. Is there anything that's on your heart to say to the audience? Like I mentioned, you know, it's it's mostly for people that are dealing with active cancer, but there are people that are really into prevention as well that are listening in. So is there is there
1: anything, any final words you'd want to say? If I were to... Talk to anybody, whether it's cancer or whatever disease, I just go back and make sure that people understand their. So, why? Why? What do you value? And why are you wanting to fight this? Because if people go back and just remember. You know, not just about feeling better, not just about, you know, but it. But you have a purpose. And God gave you an amazing purpose. And sometimes people don't even remember their purpose because they've been so caught in everything else. Yeah. But, but I would just go back and try to start journaling your why and focus on your why and your vision and writing down uh, those things in your heart that you want to see. Um, you overcome this disease or overcome this struggle or or continue to do it and fight it to the very end, even if you don't overcome it. And and it's you know it's all in God's hands. We know where we're going, but but remembering your why I think yes. that's what I would really hone in on if you're gonna to go to this next year is writing that down and, and writing it down um on a tablet, just like in Habitat 22. It says write your vision down on tablet and and, and the tarry, wait for it because it will come to pass and mm. just wait for it. I love that.
0: I think that's so key. Um, because I think a lot of people are so into like beating it or surviving that they it's like they forget who they are. They forget that there's like a bigger purpose that God's called them to, and they just get so into the, you know, the the treatments or the surviving and they forget who they are so i i think that's really good that's important
1: yeah yeah and so yeah that's it's not about the beating it or whatever it's it's about the journey that's right and just leaving a legacy of just your you never you never stopped and you never stopped doing the best you can and that's what it's doing the right thing no matter what even if yeah
0: yeah it's
1: yeah. yeah. so good
0: Oh, I love this. Thank you so much. So <clears throat> tell us real quickly about how to apply or like how to work with you and then how for your Saturday event talk to us
1: about that. Yeah. So if you want to find out more about uh, just us in general, you can go to my website, that's mainhealthsolutions.com. So it's main, like my, like Main Street, M-A-I-N, healthsolutions.com. And um, if you want to register, you can just uh, text me uh, your name, and that's 208 859 6170. And uh, I am going to um, say that at the end of the seminar, I have a pastor. Uh, friend of mine who is going to do um, an accessory prayer. Um, just, he's going to speak on on healing and uh, laying of the hands. And so if you are interested to stay there afterwards, uh, we never leave God out of the picture. And so he um, he's going to help us with that. those people who truly need just to be prayed over.
0: Okay. And then this is what date
1: and then what time? October 14th from... 10 to 12. And uh, I do need um, a reservation because we do uh, supply like a light meal. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you can just, again, text me at 208 859 Okay, perfect.
0: Okay, well, I know I'm going to be there. So, yay! Oh, wonderful. Aww. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, this was so great. We're definitely aligned. And I'm, I mean, this is exactly why I'm where I'm at, is is number one, the Lord, my faith and standing in his word and trusting him and asking him for his wisdom. And then trusting his leading and and saying, okay, you need to work on this and going to the root cause of all the different contributors to the cancer. So you can heal. I'm a huge believer that. Really, anyone can heal if they're willing to do the work. And it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.